The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Andy O'Donoghue joins us every week for Tech Thursday, but we've asked him to join us today along with Dr Johnny Ryan from the Irish Council for Civil Liberties because of yesterday's announcement that the European Commission is challenging X, formerly known as Twitter, over its online behaviour. Andy, explain what the European Commission's formal proceedings are about, please. So they've announced these formal infringement proceedings, Matt, against X um, under a law which essentially cracks down on illegal content online. And this comes after identifying disinformation related to the to Hamas's October 7th attack in Israel. So this is not an indictment as such, but what it is under uh, the Digital Services Act, and this is the first case or uh, proceedings of its nature to be brought, um, it is essentially an investigation into whether this happened or not. Okay. Dr. Johnny Ryan from the Irish Council for Civil Liberties, what do you make of this decision? Hi, Matt. Well, it's welcome uh, that the Commission is looking at this, but we think it's really only a partial measure. For us, what we think the European Commission should be doing is taking a leaf out of what Commission Neman, our own new regulator, has been doing. It's one thing to look at the design of the platform, its transparency, uh, deceptiveness of design, and all of the other points that they will be investigating now, probably for several months. But what Commission Neman is doing is taking really a, a essential step to curb a big problem with these platforms, platforms like TikTok, YouTube, Twitter, and so on. What Commissioner Mann is doing is it's saying that big tech will no longer be allowed to build intimate profiles about our children or any person whose age is unproven in order to then manipulate them for profit by artificially amplifying hate, hysteria, disinformation, and glamorizing suicide in their personal feeds. And I think that's a, a better, stronger, much more rapid step. Okay, Andy O'Donoghue, tell us a little bit about the algorithms that actually promote these things to particular people. How do they work, or do we know? Well, we do know, and Twitter have published their algorithm, but there are elements of the process that aren't public, Matt. And... The, I suppose engagement is a critical part of social media companies' business, and you can see that um, you can see that sort of encouraging engagement is exactly what Twitter tries to do. So, interestingly, one of the things that gets you an enormous amount of amplification on the platform is if you were to tweet something and I were to reply to it and you then engage to it, that is about 150 times more likely to be amplified, that tweet, than if simply I engaged or liked it. So, the way these algorithms work are complex, but they are very much about engagement. But hold on, how do these amplifications work, Andy? Because if I'm just taking the example of Twitter, even though I think it's only 12% of the population is on it, but it is important for news gathering. You have the for you amount, you have the following people that you go. If you're only following certain people and you ignore the for you section, then presumably you'll only get the stuff you want rather than what's been amplified by others for you. 
Well, if, if we only got the stuff we want. However, over, uh, I suppose, since Elon Musk's acquisition of Twitter, we have seen the amount of tweets we see increasing uh, from accounts that we don't follow. So, for instance, um, I know in my feed, lots of people who I follow, um, who I was always keen on seeing their tweets, I no longer see them as much as I used to. And so what's interesting now is that... Um, I think it's fair to say that even though for you is very much, I think, a a decision that's made by Twitter. Okay, back to you, Dr. Johnny Ryan, given that you're from the Irish Council for Civil Liberties. Elon Musk has argued that he is a free speech advocate. It's a question of putting free speech out there and then people can make of it for themselves what they want. Is that not something that civil liberties demands? Well, what we're talking about here is switching off recommender systems, which are on by default at the choice of the big tech companies. Now, we're talking about switching off artificial algorithmic amplification of hate, hysteria, disinfo. And that doesn't intrude upon the freedom of expression. If you think back, Matt, social media were supposed to be the places where people chose what they wanted to share with their friends. They chose what they wanted to see. Instead, Social media became toxic places where big tech feeds us a diet of hate and hysteria to most profit itself. And we've seen that that's tearing society apart. Let me give you an example of something we know, thanks to, you'll remember the whistleblower Frances Hagen, I think you may have interviewed her. Back in 2019, a piece of internal meta research that that Frances unearthed said, and I'm quoting from Meta's own internal research, We are never going to remove everything harmful from a communications medium used by so many, but we can at least stop magnifying harmful content by giving it unnatural distribution. Now, it's the unnatural distribution here that's the problem, right? And this problem, it's not only about hate and hysteria. It's even about picking apart the most vulnerable people in our society. So I'll just give you one example. In a test run by Amnesty International, they set up an account posing as a a 13-year-old child, a girl who views mental health content. And within one hour of setting up that account on TikTok, videos encouraging suicide, glamorizing it, were recommended by the recommender system. Now, that's not about speech. That's about unnatural, artificial amplification of the worst possible things. Andy O'Donoghue, why do you think the companies are allowing this to happen. Okay, you could say traffic drives, revenues drives profitability, but is there no sense of ethical responsibility at these particular companies? Uh, It's an interesting question, Matt, and I think Johnny raises an interesting point about the, uh, I suppose in a sense, the automation of these systems. And we know that um, as a result of the same conflict, that Meta's automated system did make mistakes in removing sensitive content um, from the platform, and the oversight board intervened. And in fact, it it was, I think, one of the few um, emergency decisions that they have made. So automation is a problem. And of course, the problem that we have seen with Twitter is that since Elon Musk's acquisition, the number of people moderating has fallen significantly, as have the entire staff numbers. And so there seems to be a quest. Of course, big tech will try to minimize costs. 
and use AI and automation. The thing is that it's been proven that it doesn't actually work that well. And so do we end up in a situation where reduced costs and the quest for profitability um, enables this sort of content to be disseminated. Johnny, I want to go back to what Andy just mentioned there about Meta because this report in the Financial Times today in relation to the Independent Oversight Board report it published today found that Meta had overcorrected when it lowered its threshold for automated tools to remove potentially rule-breaking content following the attack on Israel by Hamas on the 7th of October. And it gave numerous examples of things which should have been visible to users on Facebook, but actually had been taken away, apparently so as not to cause offence. But it was legitimate news that would have given people a better understanding of what was happening. Mm, Yeah, and that, that is very serious, Matt. What you're talking about there is automated moderation. We're not pushing for automated moderation. We're talking about amplification. It's a different thing. Yeah. Without, without artificial amplification, material from a tiny, tiny bunch of niche extremists would not be widely seen. So you've got this problem where we've got systems pumping this material into the feeds of audiences, and that exposes material from a tiny group of angry people to a very, very large audience. Now, on the other hand, you have what what Facebook, Meta, all of them like to talk about, which is moderation. They like to talk about content moderation because it doesn't really affect their bottom line and it isn't really the thing that's actually going to solve the problem, as their own internal document said. Digital platforms have a terrible record of self-improvement and responsible behavior, even in the most extreme cases, as we saw with the Myanmar genocide. Even when a platform understands the harm that its recommender system causes, it is unlikely to voluntarily act. And we'll get a whole lot of red herring stuff about moderation and, you know, AI is doing this and that to, to catch things. The problem is not actually whether the thing is just caught. The problem is that they are proactively amplifying the worst things. <laughs> and we're letting them away with it. But luckily, thanks to Commissioner Mann, we now, at least in this jurisdiction, have a solution. Just to finish with you, Andy, there's a listener who says the For You feed on X Twitter is one of the most toxic parts of the internet. I've moved to threads this week and it's an oasis of calm compared to X or Twitter. It's now available in the EU. Is threads better, do you reckon, Andy? I think because of what's happened over, particularly, say, the last six months, Matt, with Twitter, I think Threads has a very different future to that which we imagined initially. When they, they got a lot of users, a lot of them fell by the wayside. Threads does look like a legitimate competitor. And indeed, in time, Jack Dorsey and his new company, Blue Sky, certainly looked like they could threaten Twitter's domination as well. So situations like this and potential fines for Twitter and also the potential, Matt, I think that we may even see the EU imposing restrictions or guidelines for Twitter, which they may follow in the EU, but perhaps not in the US. That leaves you with a segmented or divided kind of global market, and people may well then turn to the likes of Threads and Blue Sky. Thank you very much. Andy O'Donoghue and Dr. Johnny Ryan, Senior Fellow of the Irish Council for Civil Liberties. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today.